Hi guys, it's me, Lindsay Pinchuk, host and founder of Dear Found Her. And before we get into today's episode, I have some exciting news. You've asked and I'm answering. We're taking Dear Found Her live for some much anticipated networking events starting this fall. We'll be kicking things off where I live in Chicagoland with the goal to add more cities to our lineup in 2024. Our events will be free. You just have to be a female founder, but you'll have to RSVP. So make sure you get on our list so that you are the first to know when registration goes live. Space is limited. The link's in the show notes. I can't wait to meet you. Dear Founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. I am so glad to be back with another incredible female founder guest. Today's guest built her company, Thrive Cosmetics, completely on her own upon the foundation of passion and purpose. I cannot wait for you to meet Carissa Bodner, founder of Thrive Cosmetics. But before we get into today's episode, I'm your host, Lindsay Pinchuk. And for those of you who are new around here, I've been building brands for nearly 25 years since college. After a decade in corporate America, I started my own company back in 2010 with a $500 investment, and I grew that business to reach 3 million users per month across multiple platforms and generate seven figures in revenue for six years straight. I built this company through practical, cost-effective organic marketing strategies. This was all before I led its acquisition to a large agency holding company in 2019. And two years later, I exited with one simple goal to support other female founders and businesswomen through their own entrepreneurship journeys. This podcast, it is my weekly letter to you to inspire you to find success through your own entrepreneurial endeavors. It is my weekly letter to you to let you know that whatever it is that you are going through, you are not alone. Today, I use my experience and proven strategies to make marketing simple for you and your brand. Honestly, that's it. My mission is very straightforward. So if there's anything that you want to hear about or anything that you want me to share that can help you along, I invite you to reach out. All you have to do is email me, lindsay at lindsaypinchuk.com or shoot me a DM at lindsaypinchuk. And if today's episode inspires you, I invite you to share it. All you have to do is text it to a friend, share it in your stories. If you tag me at lindsaypinchuk or at dearfounder, I will absolutely come and say hi. And as always, if you like what you're hearing, we would love it if you left a five-star rating or review, or better yet, if you subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. On Apple Podcasts, all you have to do is click the plus sign up at the top right-hand corner of my podcast page, hit follow, you will never miss an episode again. So let's meet today's guest. Carissa Bodner is the visionary founder and CEO of Thrive Cosmetics. She's established her brand as the leading direct-to-consumer luxury vegan beauty company, 
rooted in a mission to fundamentally change the beauty industry for good. Carissa launched her brand after a friend of hers died of a rare form of cancer. Her clean cosmetics can be worn by people with compromised immune systems. Since its foundation in 2015, Thrive Cosmetics has donated an astounding $135 million in products and funds to over 500 giving partners nationwide, helping numerous deserving communities to thrive. As Forbes reported recently, Thrive Cosmetics revenue in 2020 was an astounding $150 million. As a thought leader and innovator, Carissa has appeared on Today, Good Morning America, CBS, and Fox. Her groundbreaking work has garnered her spots on prestigious lists such as Forbes 30 Under 30 and Self Made Woman, um, Marie Claire's Most Powerful Women, Inc.'s Badass Female Founders, and Good Housekeeping's Awesome Women. Thrive Cosmetics is not just a beauty brand, it's a beacon of change that Carissa's blend of business acumen, empathetic leadership, and unwavering dedication to social impact shows that the beauty industry can indeed be a powerful platform for good. Please come on in and meet Carissa Bodner. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. I am so excited about today's guest. This conversation has been literally in the making for months, and I'm so excited that we're finally having it. Carissa Bodner, who is the founder and CEO of Thrive Cosmetics, is here to share her story. She is a force, and I am just thrilled to have her here. So, Carissa, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Lindsay. I'm so excited. So, let's kick this off. I want to hear your story. You are, you're definitely one of the younger founders that we've had on Dear Founder. I want to hear how you started the brand, how you had the idea. Tell us about Thrive Cosmetics, the whole the whole nine yards. Thank you for asking, and thanks again for having me. I, I think, you know, the story of starting Thrive Cosmetics, it's helpful to start a little bit before that, because I have been obsessed with the beauty industry since I was a kid. And ultimately, my passion for it came from the way that it made me feel confident. And I think we can all relate to those awkward feelings, that awkward stage that we go through late elementary, middle school, high school. And beauty for me was this way of building confidence, also channeling my creativity. And um, so, you know, growing up in a small town, I grew up in a small town, Stanwood, Washington, literally grew up on a dirt road on a farm. And it was the best way to grow up. Because I didn't have cable television. I was out playing with the animals, the pygmy goats, the you know the chickens, all the all the animals that we had on the farm. And I also think it really instilled a strong work ethic. And the reason why I say you know it started then was because I had that opportunity to be highly creative, and I didn't even know what an awesome opportunity that was back then. I always say scarcity drives focus, and I was so focused on getting beauty products, but I lived really far away from them. So the closest mall, the closest Nordstrom or makeup store, was like an hour away. This was before the Sephora days, and so that's where I started tinkering in my parents' kitchen in our, in my childhood home, trying to make formulations. And now I wouldn't sell you my Crayola infused um, lipstick that I was making back when I was a child, but that passion was born back then. What I didn't realize when I was a kid 
making those lipsticks in my parents' kitchen. I didn't realize that that was cosmetic chemistry 101. And it's something that I'm so passionate about sharing because I actually wasn't the strongest student in my chemistry classes, but the chemistry that I was doing at home, that on the job training that was really fueled by passion and purpose allowed me to create beauty products. And and so that started as a kid. And I just knew that I wanted to work in the beauty industry. I started as a makeup artist and then I got working in product development. And that was such a phenomenal experience for me. And that really led me to my passion of creating products that were to really make a difference in the skin. I was working for a a startup called Clarisonic at the time before we were purchased by L'Oreal. And then I got to work for L'Oreal in the luxury division creating products. So when was it that you were like, okay, this is my idea and I am going to start a makeup company? When I was working for L'Oreal in the luxury division, I had my dream job. I was traveling the world, sourcing the most amazing ingredients to make these very disruptive formulas. And I had a friend named Christy who unfortunately was diagnosed with cancer. And I was 23 years old. She was 24. And when that happens, I think when you're young, you assume that people are, especially young people are going to overcome that and come out on the other side. And I had lost people, you know, I lost my grandma to lung cancer when, when I was 12 years old. So I had experienced the the devastating effects of cancer, but ultimately knew that in my heart, and I, I think Christy really believed she was going to be fine. And and unfortunately, nine months later, she passed. I'm so sorry. And thank you. Thank you. And and it was it really was this catalyst for me to think about, okay, I love what I'm doing. I had this this dichotomy of my dream job and then also this deep loss and not knowing what to do with that pain and that loss in my life. And what I really was so inspired by when I think about Christy, and I'll never forget sitting there at her funeral and just thinking, well, she packed so much thriving into those 24 years because she dedicated her life to philanthropy. When we both graduated from University of Washington, she was off to Tanzania to work for the Tanzanian Children's Fund, who's now a Thrive Cosmetics giving partner. And I can get to that later. But, you know, she was teaching English to to kids over in Tanzania and, and helping them really thrive. And so I thought, I wish there was a beauty brand I could go work for that was rooted in philanthropy because I love the innovative chemistry, disruptive formulas piece of my job. I was so passionate about the way beauty made people feel. And I was like, gosh, we've got these great gross margins. What could we do to to create a brand that ultimately is about more than just selling makeup and skincare that's really leaving an infinite impact on the world? So how old were you when you started Thrive? 24, 25 years old. We officially launched in 2015, so the, but the dates are a little fuzzy of when I started. <laughs> because so much has happened. So yeah. you, so you have this idea for Thrive, and you're you say, okay, I'm going to start a makeup company, a cosmetic company that gives back. What is the first step that you take? Because let's just go back for a minute. You're you're very young. Yes, you have experience, and you have worked at L'Oreal, but you're young. And like, how do you know what to do? I mean, starting a, a cosmetic company is not like, oh, I can just go out, go out and do it. Like, but you did. Mm-hmm. So like, how did you just go out and do it? Well, I think it's about taking one step every day. And I still am taking one step forward. 10 years into this journey, 
taking one step forward every day and ultimately starting with what I knew how to do. There was so much I didn't know how to do. And I often say that ignorance is bliss when you're starting a business, because if I would have known how hard it was, I wouldn't have done it. And, and so I actually think it was really a blessing that I was young and that I didn't know all of the challenges that would come my way. So where I started was product formulation because that was what I knew how to do. So I started with the product, um, which at the time were false eyelashes. I was trying to solve a problem that women who had lost their lashes due to chemo, alopecia, they did not have so false. That- and I literally have the, the original fibers that took me like 20 tries to get them right. And the lash band and Literally, I have photos of me formulating the lash glue and trying to do that in my Vitamix at home because I knew how to do the cosmetic chemistry and I had the contacts to get me the right raw materials and ingredients. And I had the dermatologists and the plastic surgeons that I could work with and collaborate with. But beyond that, I did not know much else. I I literally incorporated the business as a sole proprietorship, uh, Googled how to do it. Then I did it on LegalZoom. I don't recommend that um, (laughs) because I had to redo it a couple times after. Uh, But there was so much I didn't know. So when you had the eyelashes, Mm -hmm. did you just, you put them on a website and you you were like, this is for sale. And that, is that how it started? What was, what was that journey like? Because these lashes had never been made before, the road to manufacturing them was very, very challenging, even though I had the background in product development. And our Infinity Waterproof Lash Adhesive was very, very disruptive in the sense that it didn't have sulfates, parabens, et cetera. So that's why I say we launched in 2015, but I had to work on it for many, many years, much longer than your traditional product development cycle. And I that that spirit of creating products that are truly solving problems still rings true in all of the products that we're creating. Because at the time, the world didn't need another pair of false eyelashes or lash glue. There were great ones on the market, but they we needed to solve a very specific problem. And in the process, I found that they were great for people who had lashes. And so the way that I started was by pitching retailers. So I was literally booking one-way flights to San Francisco, trying to meet with buyers. They didn't have time to meet with me. I thought, I, had, I worked at Sephora. Of course, they're going to want to carry my brand and and all of that. And, and so that was where I started from a sales perspective and it, it did not come to fruition, which I really do believe was such a blessing. And I remember when a couple years into the journey, really accepting that. And I had built a website, uh, a simple website, thrivecosmetics.com. And we, there were so many days where we would have zero sales. And so I thought, okay, I just, I got to get my break. I got to get my break. I'll get that retailer to carry us. And Due to the lack of interest, I, I had this, this epitome. I'll never forget. It was August of 2016. And I was like, this is, ju- I've been to 10 retailers and they're all saying no. So I finally started leaning into direct to consumer and I knew nothing about that. I was making ads on my iPhone, shooting things with my friends and trying to make it work. I think it was the the consistent tenacity to test and learn that ultimately is what built Thrive Cosmetics. What was that break? What was the, the break? break? 
the break was our infinity waterproof eyeliner. That is my baby forever. I remember formulating that in my kitchen and sitting, it was like 11 PM at night. I get emotional every time I talk about it because I knew it was a waterproof formula. I knew that it had semi-permanent micropigments, which have the microblading technology applied topically. Like it was so special and differentiated. But then when I remember when I was naming the product and I wanted to think about what is this actually going to mean to the world? And it was the philanthropy and the donations that we were going to be able to make off of these products, but specifically the eyeliner and, and the impact that it would have. And so that was why I named it Infinity is because I wanted the brand and the product to have an infinite impact. And it also signified the fact that it would stay on for 24 hours. It wouldn't smudge all those things. And why I love sharing this story was because I thought it was such a great story. <laughs> and I thought it was such a great mission for this product. And ultimately, Lindsay, they sat in my apartment for a year and a half and they didn't sell. So even though the product from a press perspective and celebrities loved it, that wasn't what made it take off. It was ultimately the Thrive Cosmetics community making this eyeliner go viral on social media. So on Instagram, on Facebook, people were talking about how much they absolutely loved the formula and how it was unlike anything they'd ever used before. So it was come back to the product efficacy of the fact that not only is it going to have incredible long-lasting waterproof 24-hour wear, it's not burning their eyes. It's actually staying on their waterline. And so the, the community galvanizing around this product was the big break. And so after that product went viral and after people started subscribing to Thrive through that product initially, what kind of started happening? What was the trickle-down effect? What were the next products that, that came out that had the same effect? And how did the community rally around those products as well? Well, our community has been has been a part of our product development process since the very beginning. And every product that I launched had to fund the next product. And I was shipping products out of my apartment for three years, then ultimately got an, a small office that became a warehouse. That was when, at the end of 2016, when it went viral, and we sold out of all of our inventory before Black Friday. <laughs> and so what I did was I, I put the products on pre-order. And even though they weren't going to ship until February 10th, 2017, don't ask me how I have all these dates memorized, but February 10th, 2017, we were shipping them a gift for the holidays, which was a handmade holiday ornament. I took Thrive Cosmetics ribbon and strung it through. I bought all these silver ornaments that had glitter on them. I, we never got our damage deposit back in that office because it was, there was glitter embedded in oh the, God. yeah, I didn't know they were glitter snowflakes plus fold over elastic hair bands that we, we literally bought out all of Joanne fabrics to hand make. And I have videos of this hand make 120,000 hair bands because we had 40,000 pre-orders for our products. Oh my God. And we didn't have a team at the time. So it was my friends. It was my family, people coming after work, me literally just saying, anybody who can come in, please come help. And that was for, I mean, we were shipping millions of dollars of inventory out of that office for most of 2017. Hi guys. It's me, Lindsay. I'm not sure if you're aware, but over the last nine months, I haven't just helped big enterprise brands on their marketing efforts through my consulting firm. I've also helped over a dozen women, small business owners in launching their companies, building their brands, and to tweak what wasn't working. 
I've been building and growing brands for nearly 25 years, but I've forever used one method to build my own brands and that of my clients and students. My signature suite method utilizes social media, your website, emails, events, partnerships, and publicity to generate and execute cost-effective community-centric marketing strategies. If you're looking for that added layer of guidance, please reach out. There's a link in my show notes. Book a call with me and let's see how I can help you. I can't wait to meet you and learn about your business. Now back to the show. So I'd love for you to talk to us and share how Thrive Cosmetic works with the give back element. Because I think there are a lot of brands who come to the table and say, we're going to do a buy one, give one, we're going to give back. And it doesn't always work, but you guys have it down to a science. You have donated an astounding $135 million in products and funds to over 500 giving partners. That's really fucking amazing. And that is something to be so proud of. And I want you to kind of take us on that journey of how you made that happen. And when you say it, it sounds surreal. And I, but ultimately when those big numbers come out, what flash before my eyes are Raquel from Self-Esteem Rising, Nolly, who I met throughout this journey. And she was one of the first people we donated false eyelashes to. I think about Emily from Warrior Mama Project. To me, no matter how big the donation is or how small the donation is, it's always about the individual lives that we're changing. And ultimately they're changing my life, Lindsay. Like that's why I'm still here. This is why I can persevere through all of the challenges of entrepreneurship. So what is so special about our cause and how we've been able to give to over 500 charities is really a testament to our community because a lot of these nonprofits that we work with barely have websites because it's maybe three women in a room who say, we want to eradicate period poverty in Hawaii. And that ultimately becomes my movement. That's the the organization that we support. And a $5,000 check to them can result in passing a bill that then allows menstrual products to be available at all elementary, middle school, and high school schools in the state of Hawaii. And that's three women in a room that said, I want to make a difference. And so to me, like we wouldn't have known about my movement if we wouldn't have been connected with them through an employee. So those are like the community has been in the the heartbeat of our brand from a product perspective and equally, if not more from a philanthropic perspective. I'll, I'll tell you a recent example. There were recently the devastating wildfires in Maui and we posted on social media, TikTok, Instagram, hey, we want to reach out and see who we can support here in addition to our existing partners like Women Helping Women Maui and the Maui Farms, some domestic abuse organizations that we work with over there. And through social media, we were able to tap into organizations that we had not heard of before. And ultimately, that resulted in a $50,000 donation. So that's a really great example of how our community powers this cause and the way that they galvanize around a common need to give back and, and want to make a difference in the world. When you give back, do you associate a a cause to a product or a line, or do you just kind of give back as things come up? Like, how does it, like, how does it work? Is there a rhyme and reason? 
Yes. So we have eight pillars that we support, and that has grown since I started the business. So when I first started, we gave back exclusively to women thriving through cancer. And that was really what we were, we were giving exclusively products. Then someone from our community said, hey, would you ever give to a domestic abuse organization? And so then we established that pillar with Strength United in Van Nuys, California. And then from there, it's grown throughout the nation. Um, Veterans was another pillar that we added and that we still are very active with the unhoused community. So there's these very specific pillars and eight of them that we support. When So when I started, it was one charity, one cause. And ultimately now our community is who chooses not only the causes that we support, but the organizations. We always say everybody's on the giving team at Thrive Cosmetics because one of our values is one team, one score. Everybody is making it happen. So to answer your question though, it's really the, the causes are chosen by our community and then they ultimately vote on the charities that we support. It's really just so amazing and so awesome what you've built. And two minutes ago, you were telling me how you and you didn't even have a team, you and your friends and family and whoever was like creating holiday ornaments in this small office of yours. So (laughs) what is your team like now? Oh my gosh, our team is so amazing. And I I do have to say though, a funny story that just flashed through my mind when you were talking about not having a team at the time. So for the first three years of Thrive Cosmetics, if you look at old television segments like the Today Show or any of the local press I was doing, I literally would ask my friends and my sister to take the day off from work to pose in Thrive Cosmetics t-shirts because the producers were like... We really want you to look more official. We want you to, so these are going to be your faux employees for the day. (laughs) And we would, I mean, they made it look amazing. Um, But today, oh my gosh, we have over a hundred employees and they are exceptional humans. At the start of 2017, we had three employees. And so we've built from there. And it's so exciting to think about all of the amazing people who've helped build this company and this cause and all of our incredible products. The the humans behind Thrive Cosmetics, I get to work with every day. And our team is truly exceptional. I, I love learning from them. They inspire me to be a better leader. And it's been, you know, I'm, I'm making mistakes every day. And we're, we're learning from those mistakes and, and building together. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast. As I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast, Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. How did you initially fund Thrive? 
I worked a full-time job. And you self-funded. Yes. So I worked for a nutrition company because I was working for L'Oreal. It wasn't, (laughs) I couldn't necessarily start a beauty brand while I was working for the world's largest beauty conglomerate. And so I met another entrepreneur who needed a product development manager. And I said, hey, I know chemistry and makeup and nutrition. It's not that different. So I worked for him and I was totally transparent with him. We even had a written agreement that I could do this pipe dream of a project called Thrive Cosmetics on the side. And and then I would give him a 100%. I mean, I, I gave him 110% because I, I believed in what he was doing. I felt so much support from him as well. And I loved that job. But that was ultimately how I funded Thrive Cosmetics. And I always recommend to entrepreneurs, if they can, to work a full-time job because I was wiping my bank account to nearly zero, but at least I knew that I had a paycheck coming every month because I I couldn't take a paycheck for several years. We had full-time employees before I ever got put on payroll. And I think that's something that so many entrepreneurs, yeah, absolutely. So many entrepreneurs. I mean, I have a really good friend that just started paying herself and I was like, we have to have a party because I don't think people understand how many sleepless nights entrepreneurs have because they can't pay themselves. And actually one of the most common questions that I get from entrepreneurs is how much can I pay myself? When can I pay myself? And there's no secret sauce. There's no perfect formula. And by the way, people will always tell you it's too little, too much. They'll always tell you it's too much, but nobody else can, if they're not in the arena, they can't judge what you're doing because they don't know that you mortgaged your house. Did you ever raise money? Have you raised money at all along the line? Yeah, I raised a small amount of money in 2017. And ultimately all of that capital wound up sitting on the balance sheet. I I really only needed less than a million dollars to fund inventory. And so I am also someone who recommends not raising money as as long as you can, because I tried to. Lindsay, I didn't know what an angel investor was, or I I mean, I had kind of heard about it, but I didn't know anybody. And I was- founders don't. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, Lindsay, I get phone calls from people, especially people in Silicon Valley that are like, I'm getting so much pressure to raise money, but I am running a profitable business. Why should I raise money? And, or, or should I raise money? It just doesn't feel right to me. I'm like, don't raise money if you don't need to, because I, I think people can drown in opportunity. Like I said earlier, scarcity drives focus. So the fact that I only started with one product was a product of the fact that I didn't have money. I had less than $100,000 in life savings when I started Thrive Cosmetics. And so that that focus that I had was came from the fact that I did not have unlimited resources. So I love that I didn't have access to capital, even though it was really painful at the time. So you launched a sister brand this year. And I'd love for you to share a little bit about it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So our sibling brand, Bigger Than Beauty Skincare was inspired by our community. They were asking for clinically proven formulations that were simplified. So we always say skin solutions made simple and that's bigger than beauty skincare. What I love about this was that we developed the product family 
to really solve problems that our consumers are having. So for example, our Bright Balance Cleanser is the perfect partner to our waterproof products. So we're really well known for Infinity Waterproof Eyeshadow Stick, of course, Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara, Infinity Waterproof Eyeliner, now Infinity Waterproof Liquid Eyeliner, our Waterproof Brow Liner. And we had people reaching out to us saying, hey, Thrive, love so much that you made this amazing bomb waterproof formula. I can't get it off. And so that was where we developed Bright Balance Cleanser. And we partnered with plastic surgeons, dermatologists to create the entire line to make sure that they were going to be safe for all skin types. And the other thing is, is that there are a lot of waterproof products, waterproof removing products that will strip the skin or burn the eyes. And so that's something that we're really passionate about doing is creating formulations that are great for sensitized skin. As you have come along this journey, Carissa, what would what would you say was has been like your biggest hurdle that you've had to jump over? I mean, this is not I mean, this has been it's been since 2015, so you're almost at your 10-year mark, which is amazing. And it has not been smooth sailing the whole t- the whole way. I mean, no no journey like this has been. So, what has been your biggest hurdle that you've had to overcome? what immediately comes to my mind is my mind. Doubting myself, the fear that can creep into your brain, my mind can really be challenging. And so mental health, mental fitness is something that I'm always working on. That's actually why I love fitness and movement so much because it literally, and I I love the statistic that I read in in my friend Brad Stolberg's book, The Practice of Groundedness, that a six-minute walk can enhance your creative insight by 40%. And so for me, it's me getting out of my own way. I mean, I can give you endless examples of roadblocks that have come into my existence throughout this journey. But ultimately, Lindsay, you can overcome any of these challenges as long as you're willing to persevere and have those sleepless nights, stay up till 2 a.m. printing customer labels and shipping them out, dealing with lawsuits. That's a really challenging thing. Almost running out of money many times throughout the journey, especially the early days. Now I have a much higher tolerance for those challenges. When you were first starting, did you envision this? Did you think this is how big it was going to get? No, I did not. The largest beauty brand that I was aware of at the time was Clarisonic. <laughs> and this was just because I didn't know. You know, we built it to 100 million in sales and L'Oreal bought it. And and ultimately, yeah, that's not my intention. My intention is not to sell the brand. I, I love this company and I'm, I'm so proud to own it. And I love this community and, and what I do every day. My vision was that we would be a best-selling brand at Sephora. Like that was what I thought. I'm really grateful that this company has had challenges throughout the journey, like not getting carried at retail in the beginning, because ultimately being one of the largest direct-to-consumer businesses has allowed us to connect with communities in such a meaningful way that I never would have been able to. And I'm not opposed to retail in the future, but I, I love that the distribution model ultimately wound up being through thrivecosmetics.com. So no, I did not think that it would get this big. I did not think it would happen the way that it did. And when it did, but that's one thing that always inspires me, Lindsay, is that I didn't to dream that big, but our community did. That's how we got 500 charities to support. You know, that's how we have the products that we do. I would not have created Brilliant Eye Brightener without our community asking for that as a product solution. 
So Carissa, I want to wrap up with the question I leave everyone on, and that is what are three actionable steps that you would tell another female founder who's getting started? Number one, ask for help. I have been so positively overwhelmed by the amount of people who have been willing to help me throughout my journey, starting with someone like Robin Roberts. I reached out to her when I was first starting. I got in touch with her through social media. She has helped me all along this journey to now someone like a Sheryl Sandberg being willing to provide sage advice. Like those people I would have been so intimidated to reach out to, but for some reason, they were willing to help me. And I, I have been so amazed by the people who are willing to help if you just ask. So that's one thing is just ask for help. And I love connecting with other entrepreneurs. That's one of my favorite things to do. And it doesn't have to be a big name person. I mean, I, I think about people like my mentor, Blythe Jack or Leslie Blodgett, my friend, well, she is a very high profile hero of mine, the founder of Bare Minerals. I love, love Leslie Blodgett, um, but ask for help. And when you don't know where to go, I love books and they've been some of my best teachers. So I had not managed a team before, but I have read so many management books. And I'm not saying that I know how to manage people the best or anything, but books like Radical Candor, The Practice of Groundedness, The Leadership Shift, um, What Got You Here Won't Get You There, The Advantage. Like there's so many books who've, that have really left an impact. On me, one of the things that I've done is I do Audible and I take notes and do little book reports on my iPhone notes. And that allows me to, you know, move, go for a 20 minute walk and then retain some of that information. By the way, Leslie Blodgett has a great book called Pretty Good Advice. And it's so good for founders, especially founders that are so inextricably tied to their brand. And then the other thing is friends outside of the business. One of the mistakes that I made, and I think a lot of founders do this, is I made friends with the employees at Thrive Cosmetics when I was starting the business because you're all working till midnight together. And, and what I have found to be so powerful, especially in my 30s, is finding like-minded humans, whether they're in business or not, but having a friend group and carving out that time. If you're listening to this right now and you're like, I don't have time, I've been there. <laughs> you really have to make the time and it will make you a better CEO. I am a better CEO and leader today because I have friends that are supporting me and you cannot get that emotional support. It's not appropriate for you to get emotional support from your employees and you're always going to have challenges within your business. So you have to have that outside outlet. And I've joined peer groups too. I'm a part of an amazing beauty CEO group. I love that. I've been in groups like 10X CEO. There's groups like YPO. I'm, I'm not in YPO yet, but something I absolutely want to be a part of. So there are peer groups out there. And as much as you can, having friends outside of the business would be my third tip to really lean into. Carissa Bodner, founder and CEO of Thrive Cosmetics. You used the words passion and purpose a lot throughout this conversation, especially at the top of the interview. And I just have to say that the passion and purpose shines through in every single sentence that you shared with us today and everything that you've said with us today. It is a testament to the fact that Thrive Cosmetics isn't just a beauty brand. You really are changing the world. and it shines through in everything that you're doing. So thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing all of this knowledge and wisdom with us. I know how busy you are and I so appreciate you and your time. Thank you so much, Lindsay. This was a blast.
35 years old, Carissa Bodner has built a company that generates $150 million in revenue per year and also puts good back into the world. And I can think of nothing more fulfilling than this combination. Having her here today to share her story with us really meant so much to me. And I am so thankful that she took the time out of her day to stop by. As always, I want to share you with my top five takeaways from my conversation with Carissa. Please make sure that you subscribe to my newsletter. The link is in my show notes. We have so much coming your way in your email inbox. I cannot even tell you. But for now, take out that pen and paper and get ready to write these down. I'm actually sharing six. Number one, ignorance is bliss when you're starting a business. If you knew how hard it really was, you may never have started it in the first place. Number two, don't raise money if you don't need to. Number three, start slow, especially if you don't have that much capital on hand. Make your product amazing and then reinvest back into the business. Number four, rely upon and trust your community. They will guide you in the most pivotal decisions. Number five, ask for help. You cannot do this alone. And number six, find friends outside the business. Thank you so much for being here and thank you for listening. Thank you to Carissa Bodner for being here and for sharing your story. As always, make sure you subscribe to Dear Founder wherever it is that you listen so that you never miss an episode again. We have two brand new episodes coming your way next week, so stay tuned.